0: Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for the backup key, it's inside of a fake rock by the door. No, that's real rock. And so is that one. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you become a long-time listener. And if you're Dave Dombrowski, clearly you don't give a damn about bullpens. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa. And in addition to casting this pod, I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots, a first-to-market chatbot builder, and predictive analytics created specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. You can listen to my other, other podcast, because I don't have enough to do. That's called The Lobby List. It's a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica, and that is on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and comment, please. But here on The Legal Toolkit, we provide you twice each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit, So that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, malpractice insurance. And that's probably the case because I don't practice law anymore. You know you have to have it, but you're afraid to talk about it. Fortunately, we're not. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. AnswerOne is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answer1.com. That's www.answer1.com. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. We would like to thank our sponsor, Thompson Reuters Firm Central, cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small, www.timesolve.com, without the dot e, com. My guest today is Michael Carroll, who is the president of Insuring Lawyer, which he founded in 2002. Michael is a featured speaker at many national events for lawyers. He's the author of the critically acclaimed book, The Naked Lawyer. He is also the host of the Naked Lawyer podcast and television show. But I think right now he's wearing clothes. Welcome, Michael, to the big show.
2: I am actually clothed. Uh, You better believe it. Pleasure to be here, Jared. Thanks for having me.
1: I know we've done podcasts before, but I don't know if I've ever had you on the show, which is a travesty. So I'm glad we're fixing that. Amen. (laughs) So let me start. I always start off with an icebreaker question. So let's talk non-legal stuff first. So I'm not ashamed to say that I think you might be the biggest Boston sports fan I know, which is almost shameful to me because I actually live in Boston and you don't. So I need to confess something to you. 2018-2019 Celtics season. Not a fan. (laughs) I can't wait for this season to be over. And I almost don't care if Kyrie Irving leaves in free agency. Like the only guy on the team who hustles is Jalen Brown. So I say make him the captain and run it back next year with the version of the team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So am I wrong? Can you top me off the ledge and tell me what the Celtics are going to look like in 2019, 2020? Please help me.
2: I remember, I am a native New Englander. I was born That's in right. Bangor, Maine. So, give me uh, credit for that. You know, my roots are there. My heart is in New England. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the Celtics or the Seas, as they're affectionately known to the Boston diehards, are, uh, they're a mess. They're a mess. Uh, yes. they You're talking about one of the 10 best players on the face of the earth in Kyrie Irving. And when he's on the floor, they're a worse team. And mm-hmm. uh, it just seems to be this, you know, this. Cosmic or Chasm or whatever it's called divide between Kyrie and the young bucks. And that's of course, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Hayward just looks like the complete, you know, miss, you know, the land of the misfits. He just fits in nowhere. He is better when Kyrie isn't around, but it's one of those deals where I agree with you, Jared, that, you know, uh, Kyrie, it's going to have to be one of two things. The C's are going to have to trade Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, And you know another draft pick or two down to New Orleans to get Anthony Davis. Then of course Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving are pals, and then Hayward might be able to feel better as the third wheel, you know, if you will, the third option, and that may work. Danny Ainge obviously, you know, was sitting in a position of power when the season began. Now it looks like he's in a position of weakness, and uh, you know, (laughs) there's there's a lot to do. So. That team in New Orleans would love to make that trade because when you're talking those two core guys, the young forwards being again Tatum and Brown, mm. you know, that's a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year and these two young guys are only going to get better and yeah. New Orleans will be just licking their chops to do that. <laughs> uh, Anthony Davis is great a player as he is and you know Kyrie Irving is great a player as he is. The two of them haven't won anything and uh if I'm not mistaken, Davis won in college, so I requalified. But if you recall, right. yeah. so did a guy named Carmelo Anthony. And how's he done <laughs> in the pros? He's been, a, he's been a flub as a pro. I mean, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. He's a great yeah. scorer.
1: No, look I get you. his
2: going to. Yeah, his career's ending like garbage. So the C's. The I don't know if you're making yeah, me feel better. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I think here. Here's, here's what it is. It's like anything. It's like it's the unknown, right? It's the old that Al McGuire used to always say the legendary hall of fame coach, you know, Marquette retired yeah. and national champion. He used to say, you know, I," w- he said, I want either a yes or a no. It's the maybe I can't stand. And mm-hmm. as a Celtic fan listening right now, we live in the maybe we just, <laughs> it's so <laughs> confounding. It's so frustrating in a big picture of life. It doesn't matter. We get it. We understand <laughs> this is just our selfish pleasure As as spoiled Boston fans, as we win championships, (laughs) like most people, you know, change their drawers, you know, we end up at this point, we win championships. That's what we do in Boston. But my point is very simply that the C's, we, there has to be a change, either bye-bye Kyrie or young guys do a reset and bring in Anthony Davis. So it's gonna, it's going to be one or the other, just let's get this season done. Let's get beaten in the first round by Indiana. Maybe get lucky, <laughs> win that first round. Go play the Bucs and get beaten four or five, maybe even six games. Definitely the Bucks will eliminate them. And let's get to the off season. Let's figure this out. It's just the oh, misery man. needs to end. And uh, I, I want to be yeah. wrong. Want to see <laughs> him make it all the way to the finals and <laughs> eat our words. So we're being recorded. Hopefully, it's a reverse psychology, Jared. So how's that? How's that I for like a that. short answer?
1: I like that. Maybe like maybe the new team slogan could be like, "We live in the maybe." Hashtag we live in the maybe. That's it. <laughs> let's we work live that. In May, that's right. Um, yeah, all
2: change right. the GE logo to maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, let's talk about more pleasant subjects like legal malpractice insurance, which you're an expert at. Starting out, generally speaking, like I think this is a topic that attorneys don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about, don't necessarily feel like they have enough knowledge about. So can you tell me, like very generally speaking, what should attorneys be thinking about when they're choosing a malpractice insurance policy?
2: Well, that's an excellent question. And, you know, you're absolutely correct. So most law firm owners, they come on, they think of, you know, malpractice, lawyers, professional liability, whatever you want to call it, professional liability, all the same thing. And, you know, there's a misnomer out there, especially in the one to 10 lawyer size firm, Jared, mm. that, you know, no one wants to work with that audience. And that is, there there is some truth to that and it's kind of the forgotten stepchild as i date myself that's a thing you don't hear about much in today's society but if you're over the age of 50 which i am you know that was a common thing that you know you, that means you're treated as second rate if you will mm. and so the point is that you know is the first thing that it would be critical is to find someone who's an expert obviously it's self serving for to say i am I, i've earned that reputation i can vouch for the community. for that Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've got, uh, you know, we have 2,900 clients, you know, law firm clients, not lawyers, but separate law firm clients. And, you know, it's a situation where, you know, social proof, but find someone, find a broker like myself who specializes. It's like anything. If someone you love became very ill or they, you know, pro athletes, when they tear their knee, when they hurt their arm, you know, whatever sport you're talking about, They all tend to end up down in Birmingham, Alabama to see Dr. James Andrews. Dr. Andrews has got to be in his 80s now, but they still go see him because he's considered to be the leading, you know, orthopedic surgeon. And it'd be the same thing if someone you loved had, you know, a heart issue. You wouldn't just, you know, go on, uh, you know, again, I'll date myself. You wouldn't finger through the phone book or just jump on a search engine and, You know, look up. You know, cardiologists. You would start calling people you you respected, or your family physician if you had a great relationship with them. And you would research to find the best cardiologist if someone you loved needed to have open heart surgery or very serious surgery, or brain, you know, uh, surgery or or cancer or whatever it may be. You would find. You would research every nook and cranny to every corner of the earth until you found the best possible surgeon that you could afford and you would sell everything to help this loved one out. And it would be one of those deals where it's the same thing with malpractice for professional liability for, for a law firm owner, because if you get dragged into the fray and you've got inadequate, either due to an amateur or, you know, or a non, someone who doesn't specialize, not a non-expert. Let me rephrase that. A non-expert who doesn't specialize in law firms, you're either going to have too low of limits are you going to have exclusions because remember, insurance companies mm-hmm. are in business to make a profit and they do not want to pay claims. And that is not some, they're dirty or they're bad people or whatever, but they want to offer the minimum amount of protection for the maximum legal allowable premium. Yeah. So the point is when you're working with a non-expert, good enough is not good enough. And in professional liability cases, it isn't. But to get an expert who understands all the exclusions to fill those, which might cost at most in the hundreds of dollars a year, not a month, not a quarter, a mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. to plug those what I like to call fatal gaps. Now, mm-hmm. suddenly you have something that is worthy. Therefore, if something goes wrong, you're protected properly.
1: Yeah. So I, This notion is something I want to follow up with you about is this idea of like going to a local agency. I think that's really important. I have like strong feelings on this, any insurance I get. I like to have a local agent because I think it's really helpful to have somebody that I could like call up or in the case of like my auto insurance, I could drive like five minutes to go talk to somebody if I have an issue. So one part of this, which I agree with is that you want somebody who's not just a general insurer, but somebody who specializes in legal malpractice insurance, but could you talk a little bit about some of the benefits of having like a local agent as well, or also doing like an agency versus like going directly to a insurance company? I guess is part of the question also. Absolutely.
2: So in professional liability, that's always gonna be written. There there are always exceptions to the rule, but you're not gonna have the ability, like you or I or anyone listening to go straight to Geico for their car insurance or mm. your basic, yeah. you know, auto insurance. You can do that. If you're of that ilk and you like to, you know, you wanna do it online, you know, great. If that works for you, that's an option. And that is a product. The spawn of that was that my peer group, you know, the insurance agent community was usually your country club champion. You know, they, this is <laughs> someone who built up a book of business and didn't go to work too often, and had Myrtle and Bertha, you know, they're manning the phones while he or she, it could be a her, owning you know an agency, you know, worked on their short game at the local country club. So good guy, good. good gal, you know, friendly and all that. But the point is that. You know, there were a lot of, you know, oversatisfied, you know, as the cliche goes fat, lazy, and happy, you know, not fat shaming, just as a figure of speech fat, Mm -hmm. lazy, and happy that, you know, didn't do that. Now, that's how you got the direct company thing. There are, you know, a lot of disadvantages that you don't get someone who knows you, you don't Mm -hmm. get someone who understands what your risk is, and all that. So, anytime you can get a local agent and you want to work with someone who works for you, See when yeah. you are dealing with someone who's either a works for a direct writer, uh, not to pick on anything, but it, this isn't so much in the professional liability, but it will be on your office business insurance. It will be on your yeah. workers' comp. But for example, State Farm, nothing against State Farm. I, I'm saying that. Theory. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're,
1: they're not, not a sponsor. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. But but I'm saying the individual who works for State Farm. The insurance agent works for State Farm. So they are going to. They're an employee of State Farm. They are going to take State Farm's interest over yours. An independent agent, in turn, works for you. They're not beholden. They're not, the, you know, the independent insurance, their lineup. They don't say, you need to be in our office. We're having a quarterly meeting next Thursday at, you know, three o'clock, be there in a tie and a suit. No, you don't have that. You, yeah. they they work for you, which ultimately, because my job is to work for the listener, the law firm owner and what have you. Now, in the professional liability world, there aren't that many local agents. If you spread out amongst the country, sure, in the big cities, there's going to be enough, you know, just through pure numbers, there's going mm-hmm. to be enough people that dabble in it. If not, you know, we're experts in it, in Miami, in Boston, in New York, in Detroit, yeah. in Columbus, you know, Los Angeles, Phoenix, and on and on and on, Seattle, everywhere throughout the country. But when you live in Bucyrus, Ohio, yes, that's an actual place, ladies and gentlemen. I'm um, in Toledo, Ohio. So <laughs> I learned some of that place in between. That. Yeah, but it's spelled Buckyrus, but uh, Bucyrus. <laughs> um, it's how it's pronounced. It's uh, there is no local agent who specializes in professional liability, but there are probably 20 law firms in the Bucyrus area. So, what do they do then? So, and professional liability. That is such a, it'll never be an internet-offered product. It does not renew, unlike your office business insurance renews, and your workers' comp renews, and your personal car insurance renews, and your homeowner's insurance. That renews as long as you pay your premium and you don't have a bunch of claims where they cancel you. Professional liability, in turn, Jared and everyone listening, it expires. And it's like you reapply every year. It doesn't renew because things change. Your area of practice may change by 5%. You may add two lawyers in the course, you know, one of counsel, and you hired one, or you may have, t- you know, yeah. let go of two lawyers. So there's so many moving parts in that that it needs to be basically like you're applying new. Does your length of time with the company help? Sure, when you have a claim, but ultimately it's like a new application. So on the professional liability side, absolutely, you know, if you have someone who is an expert in your area you're in great shape because there's no better thing than being able, like you said, Jared, to go over and see and touch and feel and what have you. And we certainly have our strongest presence is I built this empire in, you know, a 50 mile radius of the Toledo, Ohio area. But now we do, but, you know, we have, we have over 400 law firms in Florida. We've got 250 plus in California. Why again, just sheer numbers you know, states where they're densely populated. But yeah, does that answer your question? I hope.
1: No, that was great. Very interesting. So I think we were going down this road a little bit, but I think this is kind of mystifying to attorneys as well. What are some of the major criteria that go into setting rates for law firms in terms of malpractice insurance policies?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are a bunch. It's got to do with, do you have prior protection? So every law firm that doesn't have protection, they call it a seven-year period. It's what is known as step Rating, just like stairs on a, you know, mm-hmm. taking steps up the stairs. Yeah. So what that means is, if if you're listening, you've been in business, you own a law firm for two or three years, you're like, I heard it's like seventy five hundred minimum premium. That would be false. If you're doing revenues of. You know, if you're just a criminal, criminal is a low anyway, I'll answer questions in a second. I won't do the <laughs> That's first fine. We can rate. get to some specifics. You got it. The step rating is they the insurance industry gives you a break. They give you a discounted rate under the premise that they're gonna raise the rates over the next seven years. Because yeah. otherwise you coming in new, the assumption is you're just hanging a shingle today and they know expenses. You've got rent, you've got equipment, you're, everything is piling on everything is going out you've either taken a business loan or you've drained your savings and the insurance industry says hey we don't want to pile on we we believe you're going to grow and and you'll grow right. far more than the increase in premium you know and then they have step rings. so that's one if you've had coverage for 7 years then you're past that if you switched in the fourth year from company A to company B if you're working with broker bob or you know uh billy jean and you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and you decide to come do business with an insuring lawyer in my team, for example, step up. To five, big you still have five, yeah, you got it. You would still have, you know, three years of the step rate left. So that that's mm. going to follow you. You can't beat that. But so that's, oh, that's one good. step rate Two area of practice. So if you're an intellectual, the five or six boogeymen within the legal community, if you're any of these, you're going to pay the highest rates intellectual property, Mm -hmm. Patent, uh, entertainment, uh, securities, class action lawsuit type firms, and then the last one are collections. So if Mm -hmm. you're any of those six as your main area of practice, you are going to pay far more than someone. The low end is criminal, immigration, those are going to be your low end. Personal injury Mm -hmm. in the middle, state, family law, divorce. You know, estates and all that in the middle. So that so anyway, the second variable is area of practice. Yeah, the third variable is geography. So there are places in the country. Miami is a very litigious uh, type area. So that geography mm-hmm. pricing, it's no different than car insurance. You know, if you live out in the in the country, your car insurance is less because there are less cars, less driving. If you live in a big city where there's Chicago, you know, Miami, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, I mean, who drives a car in New York. But my point is that <laughs> if you're driving in the big cities, so many more accidents just due to sheer numbers yeah, and what have yeah. you. So you're going to pay for that. So anyway, geography is the next one. Number mm. of lawyers. So whether they be of counsel, of counsel is considered a part-time rate. So mm. that's that. But it's the number of lawyers. So if you have one lawyer and you're in Cyrus, Ohio, and you're doing criminal, you might pay for... And the last variable is going to be the limit of protection. And how do you determine that? This is one of the biggest faux pas I see my peer group and or law firm owners do. Okay. When they first start, they open their law firm, Jared, and it's the last piece to your question, you know, they might be doing revenues, of projected revenues of, for example, 100000 a year. So hmm. they might only need 100000 in protection in year one. But then they really knock the cover off the ball. They start working with you. Or like Richard James or you know oh, yeah. R. John Robbins, you know, all tremendous, tremendous. I mean, you at the top of that list, the other two, you know, one <laughs> A, B, and C. I mean, all tremendous <laughs> men. First class pros, right? And the point is very simply that suddenly in year two you're doing a quarter million. So mm-hmm. now you need to raise your professional liability to a quarter million. It's not rocket science here, folks, because what you do in revenues is what you can be collected over time. So you want to protect that. And then in year three, you keep working with Jared. Now you're doing a half a million in revenues. Yeah. So you want to up your protection to a half a million. I can't tell you how often I see a law firm doing 1.2 million in revenues and they've got a $250,000 professional liability. They need a million dollars minimum, preferably mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you want to protect your interest. So the last part of it is, of course, what your revenues are is gonna dictate what limit you need. And if you're doing 1.2 in revenues and you get a million dollar limit, the difference between a quarter million, depending again, location, number of lawyers, geography, area of practice, all the variables I just discussed, the difference is gonna be nominal compared, I mean, the difference between 1.25 million and 250,000 is obviously a million dollars. Your premium might be 900 more or 1400 more, (laughs) But Uh you're making a million dollars more. It's all relative. So even though you might say, holy smokes, that's a lot more premium. No, it isn't compared to what you're earning in revenue. So those are the variables that uh, determine rate.
1: That's helpful. My local insurance agent is telling me we need to take a break. So here are some of the things you should buy. Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With Firm Central, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google premier partner and winner of Google's platform innovator award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Thanks for sticking around. You made the right call. I'm here talking with Michael Carroll of Insuring Lawyer and we're podcasting about malpractice insurance. So Mike, we talked a little bit about this uh, in the last segment, which is like, which areas of malpractice insurance cost more, which cost less in terms of practice niches I'm talking about. So let's say you're in a practice area where it's tough to get a policy. And some of those you mentioned like patent law, for example, it's tough to get a policy or you have to pay a lot of money for that policy. How can lawyers go about getting policies in those practice areas in a way that provides enough coverage for a reasonable rate? Is there anything under the lawyer's control that they can do to affect that?
2: Sure. So, I mean, the easiest answer is just take two weeks off and then quit. (laughs) But I'm (laughs) a Anyway. There you uh, go. All right, everybody. Add a little (laughs) levity to it. No. (laughs) At that point, so if, if you're in one of the six, like I like to call it the boogeyman, securities, intellectual property, patent, uh, entertainment, you know, pro athletes, entertainers and such collection and uh, mass tort, you know, where you're suing, you know, a big group. If you're in any of those areas of practice and you're starting out, it is going to be there. There's limited capacity. So, you know, maybe 10 insurance companies were right for those areas of practice and, Mm. you know, use poor grammar. It ain't cheap, but what you can do, is based on you can negotiate. Again, if you have an expert, you can negotiate a rate down, you can create your own step rate, because most of the companies that are writing for those areas of practice are what is known as non admitted companies. And mm-hmm. you'll get into this in the professional world where a lot of lawyers will, will get maybe a law firm owners, I should say, will get a little bit of information which is dangerous. You know, you're a lot better off in life with no information or all the information. It's a little bit of information (laughs) that drives us all nuts. And I've married for 30 plus years. I'm usually best when I know nothing. You know, (laughs) if I know a little bit, (laughs) it drives me nuts, you know? So if anyone's trying to stay married a long time and I'm an impossible guy to be around, let her do her and just know nothing.
1: (laughs) Yes. That is the key strategy to being married. This is a great podcast. We're all over the place you want marriage advice? Here we are.
2: <laughs> We're giving marital advice and everything. The divorce lawyers are saying, shut up. We're trying to get more business. You're healing marriages. Stop this. Stop it. Anyway, enough of my silly humor. The uh, uh, What it comes down to is now you want to, at this point, the non-admitted companies are able to, they're not bound to the same rigidity that an admitted company is. And by that, I mean that the admitted companies, and that again, could be you know, the big known companies they have filed state rates. They can't do anything. They can't change their forms. Their forms are filed with the state department of insurance and they can't add things to it, but non-admitted oh, companies that makes sense. can add, they can manuscript and you they can deviate from rates. So you can negotiate that where it's like, look, this individual came from this big firm where he or she has been practicing patent law for the last seven years, and she was the star, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's been awarded. She's graduated in her top 10% at Cleveland State or at Harvard or wherever, you know. It could be an Ivy League. It could be Alabama, which is a top law school. Everyone thinks Alabama's where people go to make the NFL and play football. Pro- no, they actually have a top tier law school down in Alabama, but, uh, and a, obviously a championship football program, but, you know, great law school. And the point is, these are all things that, again, an expert can go back. So you can now work with the insuring company to say in these tough areas of practice, hey, let's work with me. Let's grow. Let's create our own plan tailored to who I am and what my history has been. And, and you tell a story. No one likes, you know, no one, if you were trying to woo a, a woman or a man, you wouldn't walk up. Hi, I'm Jared. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm six foot six. I weigh 241 pounds. I like to eat Cheerios for breakfast. I'm Catholic. I go to mass every. People say, "What? What is this a joke? Is this like Although a TV show?" You're describing show? me too. <laughs> <tea. laughs> you, you know, my my point is, you go up and you tell a story. Hey, I'm Michael Carroll. I was born in Bangor, Maine. My mother, my father was a fighter pilot. My mother's from Sicily. Blah blah blah. And you start telling a narrative story, and people, it's a lot more interesting, whether they're interested or not. People are still entertained by the story format. It's really how we communicate it through generation to generation to generation. So it's the same thing in your marketing. Here we go, a little marketing lesson. Always don't make your marketing features and benefits. Tell a story because that is what resonates. People make decisions based on their heart, okay? It's it's the emotional which will get them to buy. So it's the same idea here that with an insurance company, do not play their game of sterility where it's all about, if you play that game with them, they'll beat you all day long. And see, remember, I work for you, law firm owner. I know how these folks tick. Underwriters are the enemy. And if there's an underwriter listening, they'll hate me for saying that. (laughs) And most underwriters are actually very nice people and they're first-class pros. But they are very sterile and rigid when it comes to they just want to look at numbers. They want to look at you in the most sterile way possible. And if you run a pristine law firm that's been in business for a long time and has had no claims, well, you've earned that, right? You're going to look perfect as far as the, the, the numbers go, and it's all put in the baggie and mix it up, and it's, it's beautiful. But a lot of law firm, when you're talking about your question, Jared, you know, to, to put it together, tell the story, and that the expert will then go to the underwriters, and you can work that down. So yes, your point That's is well taken. It. It's an excellent yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, it can be done. It can certainly be done. Yep.
1: All right, so one thing you talked about in the first part of the show is coverage gaps. And I kind of want to address that a little bit, but also talk about riders. There are different policy riders available for malpractice insurance, including business interruption. So if your firm gets shut down for a period of time, you're covered. Um, I know that there is now data breach insurance available, which is essentially if you suffer a data breach, you can get insurance coverage for that because that can get expensive with state notice requirements. What do you recommend to people in terms of different riders that they should at least consider? And to what extent do those fill the coverage gaps we were talking about previously?
2: Sure. So on professional liability, there's two that come to play. And, and again, everyone listening, law firm owners listening, there's more to your protecting your practice than professional liability offers. So hmm. many law firm owners think, okay, great. I got the professional liability. That's wonderful. I commend you for that. But then there's the office business insurance where you can have driving liability. Because if you think about it, almost every law firm owner has got staff or themselves, the owner who's driving to meet clients, to go to the airport, to go to a seminar, to go locally to a seminar, to go to the post office, to do this, to do that. You're always driving, and your personal auto will be primary. But if you have something above that, it's catastrophic, especially if you have staff. How do you know if your staff, the, you know, the boyfriend and the girlfriend are fighting, she left, then the insurance didn't get paid, and now you've got or he left, and she's driving around with no car insurance. She gets into an accident, going to pick up lunch for the office. Your firm is getting named in that. And if you don't have coverage, then they're going to garnish your future wages. So, I mean, there's yeah. a whole litany of things. So there, there's an example. But let's stick on, start with professional liability. One, you should have an endorsement called FDD, the acronym FDD, First Dollar Defense. Mm-hmm. What that means is this. If you get a meritless lawsuit brought against you, the only time you would pay your deductible is if you are determined to be wrong. So someone at your office goofed, whether it be you as the law firm owner or one of your staff... You just made a mistake. Okay, there was a mistake made. Of course, it wasn't intentional. You, you, most deductibles, five thousand is the average. Some are twenty-five hundred. Some are as low as a thousand. Some of your bigger firms, you know, will be ten, twenty-five thousand. Up, to, you know, depending on the size of the firm and how many lawyers, because it becomes a you know a self-insured and a premium savings type uh, mentality. But let's use five thousand as the average deductible. If you don't have that endorsement, known as first-dollar defense. And some disgruntled client who owes you 20 or 30%, you got, you know, you want 40, 40, and you go to get 20 at the end and they refuse to pay and you're owed $4,000, for example, and they refuse to pay and you, you know, continue to send them bills till you finally threaten, you know, to take them to litigate, to get your rightfully deserved last 20%. Mm-hmm. In that case, you know what they'll turn around and do? They will file a malpractice or a professional liability claim against you saying the reason I'm not paying this bum is because he or she or they (laughs) did do a good job. I ain't paying them. And that's where you get now, they sue you for that as a a defense to skate out of that last 20%. And if you don't have that first dollar defense, you just expose yourself to another five, not only you're not gonna get your four grand, but -hmm. now you just incurred $5,000 of expense. So the point is that you wanna get what is known as First dollar defense. That's one of two. The other one is what is the acronym is C E O L versus C E I L. Claims Expense, C E claims expense, I is inside, O is outside limits. So mm. C E O L is what you want. Claims expense outside limits. What that means is this: that if you have a million dollar limit and you've got C E I L inside limits, and you get brought, you know, litigation is brought against your firm on a professional basis, professional liability basis, and you incur a quarter million dollars of legal costs during, you know, this, and and you're found to be, you know, negligent, and you get a million dollar suit, you think, hey, I've got a million dollars protection, I'm good. Wrong. That quarter million dollars, if you've got C-E-I-L, inside limits, is subtracted from your million-dollar limit, you don't need to be a math genius to figure out oh. that only leaves you 750000 Guess yeah. who's paying the other quarter million? You are out <laughs> of your own pocket. So in this case, when you get claims expense outside limits, that is going to give you the match, the limit of liability that you have, so your liability limit is not eroded, Jared. Oh, okay. And that's a, yeah. that's a huge deal. Yeah, so... And then moving along, as you said, you know, the office business insurance, I talked about the driving liability. Yep. The two other things that should be on there are going to be data breach. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a bigger firm or you've got great worries about viruses, you can get a standalone cyber liability policy. But if you're a smaller firm for a couple hundred bucks a year, you can put a hundred thousand on there and get data breach to protect you know your clients. It gives them yep. credit repair. And all that, but if you're a, a firm that you're doing revenues, let's say, I always like to use a half a million or more. Beasley writes a policy. You know, you can't buy it on the internet. You've got to get it through. Uh, obviously, we sell it. But yeah. for a million dollars of protection, it's one thousand and ten dollars a year. It's it's the hmm. best contract. It's written. It's specifically for law firms. Uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. Now, bigger firms that have bigger exposure, the premium is greater. But for anyone who's doing under. You know a million and a half in annual sales. It's going to be the ten, ten, a thousand and ten dollars a year. It gives you virus protection. It's only a thousand deductible. It's the best thing going. And you know and anyone who's doing over a half a million to let's say one you know and any amount, but you could be yeah. at to you know twenty million a year. The Beasley policy is the best. b e a z l e y Beasley, you got to get through, you know if you like a local broker, they can't even screw that one up, even if they're not an expert in that. That's a that's a that's a ten percent commissionable product. I mean, do we write it all day long? We've got, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of those written. But, you know, it's not I'd love to earn your business leading with that. You know, we do it all day long. You wouldn't be an inconvenience. We'd love it. But, you know, again, if we're, you know, at ten percent commission, if you want to work with your local broker who you like and you see it mass or Temple or wherever where you know country club, neighborhood, whatever I totally get it, and you know I won't be offended. That's why I'm, huh. I'm gladly sharing these tidbits.
1: no this is this is really interesting. I've never heard of this policy or this broker before. So I thought you were talking about Pam Beasley from The Office for a little bit, but clearly not. Oh, yeah, Pam um, Beasley. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is different.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you're going to remind me of the Kevin episode after she had the baby. <laughs> wah,
1: wah. <laughs> I love The Office. If you're an
2: Office um, fan, you'll get that. If you're not, you will think too. That Jared and
1: I are crazy. But Only uh, people if you're who an office like The Office mind. listen to this podcast. Um, That's what it you is, said. <laughs> Beautiful. It is our policy, unfortunately, to pause before we come back for part three of this show. Now, while I look for my roof rake, listen to these words from our sponsors. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's e. solv Remember that's T solv.com. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer one virtual receptionist. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-ONE or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Hey, thanks for coming back again. I hope you enjoyed your eggplant parm. I don't. I hate eggplants. Let's get back to our conversation with Michael Carroll of Insuring Lawyer. Who's talking to me about malpractice coverage? What do you need? How do you get it? Let's find out more during this last segment of our show. I think one of, the, one of the most vexing questions about insurance generally is how much coverage you should get. And we've talked a little bit about this, but like I always try to blow out my policies, just whatever, auto insurance, professional insurance, just in case like there's another meteor strike that kills the dinosaurs or us in this case. But I always have this nagging feeling that I'm paying too much for insurance. So we talked a little bit about this and it kind of danced around it but as an attorney like how can you feel comfortable about the coverage limits you have and that you're also paying enough but not too much.
2: Excellent question. So the first thing you always want to do let's face it law firm owners you're never going to meet anyone who is destitute. You may have some that are into what I'll term the doctrine of misery where you know they want to <laughs> give away free legal advice, you know, allow people to extend you know, credit where then they don't collect anything, and they're grinding out a living, working eighty hours a week. You know, their marriage is suffering. You know, and life is just generally bad. there's a rule of thumb, but for, you know, I don't think there'll be a lot of people listening. If you're one of those people, get with Jared ASAP. Your life will change overnight. That isn't <laughs> the way. You no know law firm. I speak. My oldest son is in law school, and you know, being around know the greats. of yeah, yeah, he's a Cleveland State. He's first-year law student, so he's reading that's cool. You know, his eyeballs out. But uh, he's he's doing well. <laughs> he's in the top 30 of his class, and he's not happy with that. He wants to be in the top 10. He's a competitive kid. But, good, uh, good. Anyway, well, yeah, yeah, he likes it a lot, though, and he's excited. But it's due to the Jared careers of the world that my son wanted to get into law school and my experience protecting oh, law firms. Good. I'll be a and first. Him, no, that's a true story, true story. And he said... <laughs> You know, when the NFL was not in his future, injuries ruined his college career, he said, Dad, what am I going to do with my life? I spent my whole life thinking I was going to make the pros. A fine dream for any young star athlete coming out of high school that earns a scholarship to play in college. But, you know, it's the odds are against that. But you don't want to rain on a kid's parade. Someone's got to be the next Tom Brady. Why shouldn't it be my son? (laughs) But, uh, you know, my son was a tight end. So the next Rob Gronkowski, (laughs) let's say. And, uh, you know, what it came down to is I said, there's not a better profession or better collective community group of people than law firm owners. I said nothing against, you know, people working corporate law, but he's seen the life of an entrepreneur with me. And he said, I want to be that dad. And he said, law mm-hmm. sounds like it for me. And he said, insurance dad, I love you. Don't take this the wrong way, but man, that seems boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that no one ever, and you will never hear me someone who loves it. And I've, you know, 32 years and it's, made me a wealthy man. And I've, you know, I, it's my thing if you will, but the point is very simply that it isn't sexy and it isn't glamorous. So I'm good with that. I'm not offended by any stretch (laughs) and law is exciting and it can be great. So ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, back to your question, you know, the first thing we need to do is you need to say, this is not going to lead with price because as a law firm owner, I've worked my tail off to get where I am And I cannot risk anything out of my control, taking one penny away from that. So I need to, if I need to cut going out to lunch once a month, whatever it may be, I must protect. And again, we talked about that earlier. We danced around, but I'll be crystal clear now, whatever your revenues are, you want to, that's just a a basic one-on-one type insurance, you know, and you should have more, but just cover at least your. Protect to the same limit. So you do a half mm-hmm. a million in revenues, get a half a million of professional liability or malpractice, yeah. whatever yeah. you like to call it. If you're doing a million, do a million. If you're doing seven fifty, go up to a million. Don't do because the, they sell it in increments of a hundred, two fifty, five hundred, and then a million. There's a few companies that do seven fifty, mm-hmm. but you know, rare and few and far between. Uh, yeah. Not national companies. So, and then you can go two million, three million, and, and uh, right down the line. But my point is that. So that's number one. Number two is then when you're working with an expert, there's pricing disparity. So you want to say someone like a train lawyer, that's us, obviously we've got a contract. We have direct contracts. We have an exclusive program with Hanover, you know, for all those Boston diehards that's right there in Wista, you know,
1: that's (laughs) That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah. Pronounce, you know, to the rest of the country, Worcester, but Wista is they pronounce it in the Boston area (laughs) and, uh, uh, you know, also home of Holy Cross, the Crusaders, and Tommy Heinsohn and Bob Cousy. But now I'm really Absolutely. dating. myself. yes. But my point is that we have an exclusive contract with them. And there are companies out there that are very, very price competitive. And if you've got a broker, an expert in that industry, like I am for law firm owners, if price is a consideration, I've got some companies, but their claims may be a little less responsive. Not that they're not going to pay your claim, but it, it comes, some law firm owners want the white glove. You know, elite, all inclusive. Hanover writes a contract like that. Their claims, they will come out and they'll wash your car and shine your shoes. I mean, it <laughs> has nothing to do with your professional liability nice. claim. And they're willing to pay a little. And, and they're actually, their market price, they're slightly above average, you know, price wise. But then yeah. there's companies out there like Imperium that just give it away. But then how long are they going to give it away? And their, their claims aren't as good as a compliment to Hanover, okay? Yeah. Not a cut on Imperium. Yeah. you know, their claims aren't as responsive and you don't get the the white glove and this and that. So it's really, when it comes to that, and and sometimes we, hey, I've owned a business for 32 years. Any business owner that doesn't say at some point in their career, like, holy smokes, payroll's on Friday. What in the world am I going to do? Is a liar or or someone who's, (laughs) you know, independently rich. I mean, we've all been there, you know, at points in our career and it's usually toward the beginning than down the road, you know. But my point is very simply, you know, there's ways to do that, but yeah, it's just to really have a broker who has a wide access, someone who specializes with law firms who has access to really all the legitimate players out there from the low ball to, you know, again, it's, you want to, if you're going to buy a Bentley, you're going to get the ultimate ride or a Benz or a Cadillac, whatever, you know, floats your boat as far as Rolls Royce, as far as fancy cars. Then if you're going to buy a Hyundai, which is an excellent car, it sponsors the national basketball association They're their big sponsor. I mean, they're not garbage cars, but there's a little difference between the two. And, you know, they both get you from A to B. It's just what, you know, what do you want your buying experience to be?
1: All right. So I get this question a lot from people. So I want to ask you, can you tell folks what tail coverage is and why it's important to have that?
2: So tail coverage is, and it's a big misnomer. People think that when they switch from company A to B, you know, they've, they've been with Joe or Jane Broker for 12 years. Yeah, And they're like, I haven't heard from Jared, Jane or Joe Broker in, you know, 10 of those years. I'm not even <laughs> sure if they're alive. I'll hear that. And then they they hear me at uh, an ABA event or they hear me at a, you know, on this podcast with you, Jared, or, and then our John Robbins, how to manage a small law firm event or Richard James, you know, whoever, all yeah. these great people, you know, you at the top of that list. And they hear me and they're like, I like this guy. I've read his book. He's, you know, he wrote the book on it. Then they think I've got to get tail coverage when I switch. and yeah. So when you switch from Company A to Company B, your prior act date can go back to day one. So if you began mm-hmm. your professional liability on April 1st of you know 1987, it just continues on. Okay. You don't need to go from Company A and B and B to C and C to D in that 32-year period going 87 to 2019. Yeah. You know you don't need tail coverage, but tail coverage or the technical term is known, the acronym is ERP, Extended Reporting Period. Mm. What that is is when you wind down your law firm, whether you be retirement, you know, whatever the case may be, or you're closing it and you're joining another firm, you're creating a new firm, but you wind it down. And what that is, you want to get to me, I would get the unlimited, and it's based on like if you get a one year, they're going to charge you one year's premium. If you get two Mm. years, they're going to charge you like a year and a half's premium. If you get three years, they're going to charge you like two years' premium. Then if you get the unlimited, they're going to charge you three years' premium. And they allow you to finance. Yeah. Yeah. So if you and I, Jared, own a law firm... And we were, you know, we were uh, personal injury guys and we killed it. We made, that would be you know, an amazing tens law of firm. millions of dollars. Yeah, yes, yeah, it would be, we would, we, we would be, we would, <laughs> we, would. It. we would, we'd own it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. We, we would be, we'd be, we'd, we'd be doing it, but we made tens of millions and now we want to, you know, become invest in, you know, we buy the Celtics. Okay. And we're going to get rid of Kyrie. I like so where this is going. The point is, or we're going to get guys that can play with them or whatever. The point is very simply that we'd wind down our law firm and we would, you know, buy, if we were paying 20,000 a year, if we were doing it like that, the premium would probably be a hundred thousand a year, but we would get yeah. it'd be three years times the premium. But if you're, if it's just simple math, if you're paying gotcha. the average, you know, one, you know, if you're paying three grand a year and you want to get the unlimited, you'd have a 9,000 premium, they'll let you finance it. And, and that's that, but it is critical because you don't want that to follow you into your retirement. And then you get a yeah. suit. And they personally can collect. Yeah, it's, it's not a good
1: idea at all. That's great. That's, that's one of the better explanations I've ever heard on that. Now, I have one last question for you. So I was on TripAdvisor last night, and they told me that the best thing to do in Maumee, Ohio, and I hope to hell I'm pronouncing that right, is to take a trip to the Toledo Museum of Art. Do you agree or disagree?
2: I'm a meathead. So of course I'm going to (laughs) disagree. You know, to me, it's all about, of course the listeners have figured out this guy's a, he's a big meathead that loves sports. You are correct. I am very, I am not a complex guy, pretty easy to figure out. So I, I would say, I mean, the Toledo museum of art is superb. It is a nationally known, I mean, it's well received or known in the country, but I just can't sit still that long and art is not my thing. But the Toledo Zoo is considered to be one of the top three or four zoos in the country
1: with, huh. I think, like
2: the San Diego Zoo and maybe the St. Louis Zoo. So yeah. the Toledo Zoo is a big deal. And uh, to- Maumee is a suburb. It borders, right? Like I'm, I'm talking from my home office in Toledo but yep. down River Road, but 2.2 miles down River Road is my office in Maumee, Ohio. So yes. it's, it's, you know, the, the Maumee border is one. So Toledo and Maumee are the same a small community. The Toledo Mud Hens used to play in Maumee, Ohio. Oh, right. yeah. It oh was interesting. Known as, yeah, the Lucas County Rec Center, but now they're in downtown Toledo. Like most, you know, cities, they've made a big comeback. Uh, yeah. Rust Belt cities have made a big comeback. So the Mud Hens play in downtown. It's at Fifth Third, you know, the big bank called uh, oh, Fifth Third yeah, yeah. Park. and It's a yeah. family type thing. But I worked, by the way, six years as a kid, Toledo Mud Hens ground crew. So from 16 to 22. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I get to meet you know, it was a great job for a meathead because I got they had a <laughs> basketball hoop so I could work on my game, you know, keep sharp. And I got to play with Danny Ainge when he was with Syracuse and Kirby Puckett, uh-huh. you know, was really just, cool. the only kid I ever met from the hood in Chicago, who couldn't play basketball. God rest his soul. <laughs> he was a hall of fame baseball player, but terrible play basketball, basketball player. The worst <laughs> basketball player I've never seen. I mean, my college roommate, Kelvin <laughs> Upshaw played about 10 years in the NBA. Every yeah. kid from the South side of Chicago can hoop, not Kirby Puppet. He couldn't hoop at all. He's the, one guy. All. He, he's the <laughs> one guy. But what? What? I'll tell you what. What he lacked in basketball, he made up in baseball. I mean, first ballot of Hall of Famer, and, and yeah, God yeah. rest his soul. But yeah, just a neat job as a kid. So anyway, right. but that's, you got a trip advisor, mommy, Ohio,
1: Toledo, art museum, and take in a Mudheads game. That's great. There you go. Sadly, everyone, we've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. This was the podcast about malpractice insurance and Boston sports, and we've been talking with Mike Carroll of Insuring Lawyer. Now, I'll be back on further shows with insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. But if you miss my dulcet tones at any point, feel free to check out our entire show archive at legaltalknetwork.com. So, thanks again to Michael Carroll of Insuring Lawyer for making an appearance as my guest today. All right, Michael, can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you and about Insuring Lawyer?
2: Absolutely. Thank you again, Jira, for having me. And uh, anyone, anytime, yeah, you want to get in touch with me, my uh, direct number at my office, it rings directly to me, is 419 469 6886. My email is Michael at Insuring Lawyer, just like it sounds, I N. S U R I N G lawyer.com. And of course the website would be insuring lawyer.com. And then when you go to the website, everyone listening, I will gladly mail you a copy of my book. This isn't an ebook. It's a real live hard copy. You'll be able to read it in a couple hours. It's and you'll enjoy it. I haven't had anyone say it's stupid except for an underwriter. And when I, when underwriter said it was <laughs> stupid, I knew I hit a home run. So law firm owners have found it to be useful Nice. what have you. But you can get a copy of The Naked Lawyer by going right to the website insuringlawyer.com. Please request a copy. I'll mail it. You'll enjoy it. And I'd love nothing more. I, I'll take the time and expense to do so. And that's everything. And again, what a pleasure it is to be a guest on your show. Jared, I can't thank you enough. And oh, law firm okay. owners out there listening, be relentless.
1: Yeah, I like that. Get, get that book too. So Mike, I just wanted to talk about one more thing. I think that you do a tremendous job every year with a cancer research fundraiser that you put on and i'm not sure about the timing of the release of this show whether it's going to be out before the 2019 ncaa men's basketball tournament but you do great work with this i just wanted to give you a second to talk a little bit about that as well
2: thanks yeah coach so as a young man i was actually the first time i met coach valvano i was at holy cross basketball camp where my father's graduating 56 his roommate and dear friend to this day was tommy heinzen and uh Again, for Boston, people know Tommy, of course. He's an all-time great Hall of Famer, is a coach and a player, considered to be one yeah. of the 50 greatest players ever. But uh, I was in the sixth grade. I was the MVP of that thing. And there's these two uh, you know, high-energy uh, paisans. And remember, I shared my mother's from uh, <laughs> Sicily. So yeah. I've been looking more, even though Michael Patrick Carroll is as Irish as they come, you know, my father's a hundred percent Irish. Yeah. I look more Italian than Irish. So they came up and they said, Hey, are you Italian? I said, ah, my mother's from Susie. Ah, get out of here. You know, this and that. Well, <laughs> the the two guys were none other than Dick Vitale, Dickie V and Jim Valvano. Oh, that's and funny. Dick Vitale was at the university of Detroit at the time uh, where he had great success. And of course, Jim Valvano was at Iona, where he had great success and hmm. he went on to win a championship at NC state. But so I that began a relationship with Coach Valvano. I wasn't good enough to play in the ACC, uh, which back you know back in the day, uh, you know was like the NBA. I mean it was the top league. But even though I yeah. was good enough to earn a scholarship, it was a situation where we ended up staying in touch. And so when Coach got sick and died, that was very personal to me. And that was 1993 when yep. he passed. And he had that great speech a month or so before he passed at the ESPYs. To me, you know you got to give it away to keep it. It's important to give back. So I said, I love basketball, you know, both pro and college. What greater way to do it than during the basketball tournament? So we, mm-hmm. we've done it, it. The website, if you, if you ever want to start a charity, everyone listening, it isn't that hard. And you, you just you, you pray about it and you put your heart into it. But the website is Jimmy V, like Jim Valvano, Jimmy V, J M M Y, V for Valvano, marchmadness.com. And the event, you know, we do it the Sweet 16 weekend. We do a big shindig. I get many clients and people that donate, you know, throughout the country, what have you, but a lot come locally. Some fly in for the event, but, uh, uh we, we, our goal is to raise a hundred thousand every year and this will be our 19th year. And we've, you know, we've raised, you know, we'll, we'll be sneaking up on, we've got to be sneaking up on, you know, close to a million dollars, you know, we started small and we've grown. So, yeah. And then. And one last thing, you know, ironically enough, uh, three years ago, my wife Cheryl contracted breast cancer. And who would have ever thought, you know, beautiful, works out, no predisposition, nothing in her. Yeah. I'm not being kind. I mean, she looks like she's in her 30s at 53, and uh, uh, she contracted it. And you know, isn't that the irony? So then it became crazy personal. But yeah. Coach Valvano, I knew at some level, but I mean, this is the mother of our children, and you know, the kids and, you know, everything. I mean, that's a very sobering thing for those of you that have had to watch someone you love with all your heart go through that. And it's just, you know, cancer is, there's so many great causes, you know, whatever you do, do, and the V Foundation will partner with you, your local community. They're the leading researchers, 93 cents of every dollar goes toward cancer research. So if you love sports and you want to give back and you feel a calling to do something bigger than yourself, you know, I I would highly suggest I'll put you in touch. Reach out for me that I love the V Foundation for the aforementioned reasons. And uh, you'll you'll just get a better quality of life. Is Even though it's a lot of work, it's not a lot of work. I never get uh, bummed out. I never get worn out. I never think, man, that's the last year I'm doing this. This is getting out of control. I've just (laughs) added more board members. And we've just grown, even though I'm still considered the founder, it's becomes, I've got younger men and women who are now stepping up the next generation. I'm 55. I'm, I'm not planning on going anywhere, but you know, it's, 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 you know, bring others into it, let them share in the greatness of, of giving back. And it's, it's, it's been the most gratifying thing I've done on a selfless basis, other than being a parent and, you know, and such and a husband, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll, you can bring Cheryl back to see how selfless I've been as a husband. I think she would say "selfish" <laughs> is uh, what he is, folks. Selfish, but uh, that's a, that's another topic for another day. But.
1: I've done podcasts with my wife before. Not a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's great. Like I, I love seeing uh, money go to cancer research. The more, the better. What, what was that website again?
2: Jimmy V, just like J M M Y. Jimmy V. March dot com Visit it if you want to start the charity. I will give you all the time in the world and tell you I'll send you my playbook, the whole thing, and uh, it's all for the right cause. And you could do it for autism if you've got a family member, Alzheimer's. There's, it's the same concept. I don't know who the big organizations are in the autism and the uh, Alzheimer's world, but it's the same concept of how you can start an event and do something that's going to have a legacy you know, beyond you because that money is going to help find a cure for whatever is near and dear to your heart and you'll leave the world a better place. And that to me is corny as it sounds. It's the truth. And that's been, like I said, the most gratifying selfless thing I've done in my life. And uh, I was told you got to give it away to keep it. My folks told me if you know, if you're going to do well in life, now you got to turn it around and spread the wealth in that. And uh, you know, do something that isn't about making money, do something to make the world a better place. Not that making money is a bad thing or an evil thing, nothing wrong with being successful, but then take the time to give back to people who are suffering or less fortunate. And, you know, some people live a lifestyle where they're going to cause cancer to themselves, but most people don't. And, you know, it could happen to any of us. And uh, when it does happen to someone you love and care about, like I've had a front row seat with Cheryl, the good news is she's kicking cancer's tail. I mean, uh, uh, you know, she is, if you Google Cheryl Carroll, C-H-E-R-Y-L, you'll say there's no way that that woman had cancer. She looks like a Kardashian, and uh, <laughs> for all the guys out there that like pretty women, just go see her. Yo, that'll be worth your time. And, and the fashionable women, you'll like seeing her because she's a fashionista. But she's a uh, she's a superstar in her own right. But uh, women like her and men like her that have fought and survived cancer—it's beyond courageous. And uh, and guys like Stuart Scott from ESPN yeah. uh, and Jim Valvano—they didn't lose to cancer. They just lie down to rest. And it's up to people like us uh, the, the, to carry on that fight. So therefore, we'll eradicate the world of cancer and all the cynics. Oh, they'll never find a cure. It's a game system. I mean, it is like chasing ghosts. Cancer is extremely frustrating. But you know, what are you going to do? Just not try? I mean, come on, we got to keep we got to keep there's so much greatness and brilliance out there that I believe in my heart of hearts that people are going to find a cure for cancer. And I believe in those you know, geniuses and those intellects in that world of research, that they've they, they found many cures. I believe they're someday going to find a cure for them all. So we'll keep busting our buns to get that done.
1: That's a good note to end it on. I think your wife is going to be very happy about that. Um, so thanks again to Michael Carroll of Insuring Lawyer. Finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where we're only renewing our HBO Now subscription so we can watch the last season of Game of Thrones.
0: Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes.